The Great Bible Reset is a podcast devoted to counteracting the Great Economic Reset of Klaus Schwab using Bible lessons and theory. Thank you to Boomers-Alive.com for sponsoring this podcast and the Kingsway Classical Academy. This week we are continuing our study on the great books of Western civilization and their effect on our current economical and spiritual crisis. And now your host, Oliver Woods. Hello, everybody. This is Oliver Woods with the Great Bible Reset of Exodus 20 through 24. The director of the movie, The Ten Commandments, Cecil B. DeMille, once said that, uh, quote, If man will not be ruled by God, he will certainly be ruled by tyrants, and there is no tyranny more imperious or more devastating than man's own selfishness without the law. We cannot break the Ten Commandments. We can only break ourselves against them or else by keeping them, rise through them to the fullness of freedom under God. God means us to be free. With divine daring, he gave us the power of choice. End of quote. We have certainly abused that choice and are now suffering the terrible consequences in America. We stand at a crossroads between Moses and Machiavelli. The path of Moses is simple and straight. The path of Machiavelli is complex and crooked. And we've traveled a long time on the road to the power religion of Machiavelli. This was Patrick Henry's great indictment of the U.S. Constitution, and we must retrace our steps. So how would you summarize Machiavelli's teaching? Well, uh, let him do it. Uh, Quote, it is much more secure to be feared than to be loved, said Machiavelli. A prudent ruler cannot and should not observe faith when such observance is to his disadvantage. Might makes right and the end justifies the means, end of quote. So these were two of Machiavelli's cardinal rules. The goal of a strong central government justifies whatever means it takes to achieve it. Public morality is now based on practical rather than moral grounds. The ruler must assume whatever posture is demanded by the exigency of the moment. He must switch between the facade of kindness, morality, piety at one point, and cruelty or terror at the other. The artful practice of deceit and hypocrisy are crucial skills for the prince. So we're now experiencing how that plays out in subsequent history. How's that working out for you? The the 20th century produced more than its share of Machiavellian rulers, but U.S. President Bill Clinton was one of the great masters. Clinton engaged in immorality with a a White House intern and lied about it under oath. In spite of this, the Democrat Party defended Clinton to a man in true Machiavellian style. They argued that there was a dichotomy between public and private morals. Robert Byrd, the Democrat Senate leader, admitted Clinton's guilt but in the same breath declared it was not an impeachable offense. Further, it did not rise to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors required by the Constitution. The Senate failed to convict Clinton, even though he was impeached by the House. So this incident was but one example of the Machiavellian posture taken by this president. Clinton found fertile ground in which to cultivate his duplicity. Polling found that the public rated his personal character low but his job performance high. They were thus willing to wink at his private misdeeds. Clinton confessed his sin personally, but unlike King David, confessed to nothing legally. He even resorted to the Machiavellian tactic of of stirring up a foreign war to detract from his scandals at home. So how how are we to evaluate Machiavelli's statement? Uh, Some things are virtuous in appearance, and yet if pursued, would bring certain destruction, while others seem 
Others seemingly bad, yet if followed by a prince, procure his peace and security, end of quote. Well, Machiavelli is, of course, advocating a policy of total duplicity and utilitarianism for the ruler who wishes to maintain himself in power. The prince is released from all moral, ordinary moral considerations to adopt whatever policy will serve and maintain him in power. Thus, we have an independent political morality divorced from the strictures of individual religious morality. Thus, today, a leader may claim to be personally opposed to abortion, but is unwilling to oppose that belief, impose that belief on anyone else in their official capacity. Such a stand is Machiavellian to the core. Machiavelli implies that a prince must choose between being feared and loved. You know, is there a third way, a biblical way, that he fails to mention? Well, the third way is, is obvious, a, a combination of fear and love such as exists in the relationship of man and God. We are instructed to fear God and love him simultaneously. This is not a slavish fear such as that inspired by a fickle tyrant, but that attitude of reverent awe and respect that is due the Almighty God, the creator of all things. And yet we are told that perfect love casteth out fear. Thus the godly magistrate will emulate God in seeking the highest good for each of his subjects with the threat of punishment reserved as a last resort for cases of willful disobedience. Machiavelli makes no appeal to scripture in his recommendations. How then would you characterize Machiavelli's political uh, philosophy? Well, having abandoned scripture, um, Machiavelli's political theory is blatantly utilitarian. However, it's not that brand of utilitarianism that seeks, um, quote, the highest good for the highest number, uh, unquote, but rather a self-serving approach that seeks the benefit of the ruler alone. Thus, his political philosophy is best described as that of a tyranny in which the ruler governs apart from any reference to the law of God. Rather than being the defender of justice, the ruler becomes only the defender of his own selfish interests. He rules only for the sake of wielding power. What use did Machiavelli um, recommend for religion? In what way might um, have many modern political leaders applied his, his advice? Well, religion, like anything else, may be used as a tool in the arsenal of the ruler who seeks to maintain himself in power. Often a facade of religiosity is desirable as a means of inciting admiration among the populace. However, the ruler should be ready to abandon the facade at a moment's notice when cruelty will better serve his purpose. Virtually all American presidents have espoused Christianity in many, if not most cases, because they knew it had appeal for a significant portion of their electorate. Among the most egregious was Bill Clinton, who maintained church attendance at the same time he was engaged in disgusting immorality. While he allegedly confessed his sin on the personal level, he doggedly defended himself at the legal level in order to maintain himself in power. Thanks for being with me today. Uh, if you would, please take a moment to visit the bookstore at kingswayclassicalacademy.com. Pick up your own copy of um, Keys to the Classics. Uh, it's a history of the decline and fall of Western civilization. And for your vitamin needs, um, go to boomers-alive.com for the Michelin Stars National Sanitation-Founded NSF-rated sup uh, supplement qualities. There's incredible buys. Buy one, for, buy one, get two free. Buy one, get three free. Deals going on right now at boomers-alive.com. And uh, your purchases there will help to fund the school as well. So we, we do appreciate that. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow for a biblical analysis of the astonishing Machiavelli.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more episodes, visit greatbiblereset.com. And to help support the podcast and Kingsway Classical Academy, visit our sponsor at boomers-alive.com. To learn how to get your high school diploma and bachelor's degree on the same day, visit kingswayclassicalacademy.com and save up to $100,000 on college tuition. 